I will always try and, you know, do accommodate. what Yeah, accommodate. But, but, you've, but you've learned a lot. I'm I learning like... a lot in the last, like, three minutes. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Darren Levy, and don't hate the player, hate the game. We've all heard the saying before, if you take the player out of the game, the game's still going to go ahead. The adult industry is the oldest industry in the world, and throughout history, there's been government, there's been religion, there's been communities that have hated the players of the game. In fact, they've even tried to dismantle the game, but it just won't seem to disappear. My guest today is adult superstar Ruby May, and I wanted to have a chat with her because particularly over the last few years, the rise of OnlyFans has driven an incredible amount of opportunities for people in the adult industry, and Ruby is an individual who grinds exceedingly hard, pun intended. TikTok's been deleted twice already and I got it back, thank God. And Instagram. Um, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, because when I first... Did I message you? I think I messaged you. Like two years ago. I think you I thought looking, I lived in the same city. Yeah, I think I was messaging... I was trying to find like people who did YouTube mm. in Australia or especially in Sydney because there's like no one in Australia. Mm. Like yeah. It's so hard to find people, especially people that are willing to do a video with me when like a lot of people's audiences are not the same as mine. Mm. Um, so I think I messaged you from my big account that had like 1.3 million, mm. which, you know, it was obviously so hard to get there. And then they deleted that, but it's actually been such a blessing in disguise. Like I was obviously upset at the time, but it's just one of those things that was bound to happen because all these big OnlyFans girls and porn stars and stuff were getting their accounts deleted. And even though I was so careful, like I never showed a nipple, like I never broke the rules. If you read the rules, like I never said, did anything wrong, Yeah. but I just kind of was like, all right, this. I'm trying to think that everything happens for a reason mm. and it kind of just made me work harder on my other page which I have now which is a bit less like I, I think if you look at my page I don't come across so much as like a OnlyFans on Instagram of, yeah on, on Instagram yeah no totally and on YouTube as well I mean yeah. like don't get me wrong there's like videos here and there which I totally understand you, you it's a marketing <laughs> the try on videos which always <laughs> do so much better it's so yeah. frustrating because it's like I do these videos I put so much work into them my editor works so hard and then we do a bikini haul and it's like a million views in a few days and we're like oh yeah and the editing is minimal yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I feel you it's frustrating but I get it like I get that's why my Instagram name is famous for my personality because I'm obviously not <laughs> it's it's actually like I think oh, sorry I was like, oh, <laughs> that was not even you he's a fellow Uber driver oh my god that's what we do weekend drivers <laughs> are so annoying they're the worst yeah well, no, they, don't, they don't give a fuck <laughs> the fact that you're able to to grow socials in the way that you grow them is like genuinely inspiring and I don't mean that in like a a cheesy way more so because like I know how hard it is to grow an yeah. audience and the the there's like yes you can rely on viral videos which obviously everyone wants a video to go viral mm. but it's your content output and I'm just like fuck man like if you've been doing it for like for, actually honestly if you've been doing it for longer than a year I'm like mm. and you ha still have the capacity to just put shit out I'm oh, like I, I respect that highly <laughs> there's really not do. many people that really get it they obviously just see it as easy but the level of content especially on TikTok they say doing like three videos a day minimum is good for TikTok which is just when ridiculous I, when I started I was doing six. six but it was I was I just take clips from YouTube so it's easy like the content's there I'm not like creating it I'm just kind of curating yeah. it for that but but um still but, it's still work though it's still effort people don't appreciate it at all like mm. even for me like a lot of my viral videos is me standing there like 
in a low-cut top being like, like dancing, stupid things. But it's what's behind that and also like where it took to get to that point. Like, yes, now I can do a video like that and it goes viral and makes people go to my OnlyFans and I've been making really good money, especially this month. It's been fucking ridiculous, which is amazing. But, you know, people will come and be like, oh, like, that's just, you know, like, I wish I had something that was so easy, blah, blah, blah. And, like, by no means are we saying that we're, like, fucking surgeons, you know? Like, we're not doing the Lord's work. But at the same time, it's not just the matter of, like, just sitting there and doing stuff. I used to work in pubs out at Campbelltown and get abused and shouted at and, like, leave my shifts crying with a $20 tip and nothing else. And, like, yep. it's it's where you've come from to get to this point, I suppose. 100%. Like, you can't... It's very much one of those, like, don't hit the player, hit the game kind of thing. Like, yeah. there's supply and demand. You're just, you're, you're doing what exactly. you got to do. People seem to fucking hate, like, oh, oh, I assume I can swear, by the way. I was like, wait a second, am I allowed to swear? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I realise how much I swear since I've lived in Australia. <laughs> it definitely, yeah, no, 100%, there's a culture to it. It's frustrating a lot of the time to hear people say it's, it's easy or like oh I would do it but I just wouldn't because of this 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 it's like well yeah but that's what makes it hard like knowing that there'll be stuff out there of me forever and it will definitely prevent me getting certain types of jobs and it can like make relationships difficult it's made family relationships difficult like there are parts of it that are hard like yes what I'm doing is physically not hard and technically anyone could do it but why aren't you doing it then? But you're not worried about you're not worried about um getting a job in the future like the, no. the, that's why that's why you're doing what like you got to do now because I, I think I heard you say it might have been in that Q&A or in, in some one of your pieces of content that yeah. um, it's kind of like an athlete you yeah. you kind of do your years up to I don't know when you're 30, 35 and then you <laughs> an athlete might not have the body that's able to do it anymore mm-hmm. to be honest you've got to smash it out and like make the money invest it and leave like, yeah and like, like there's a longevity to it personally I think like like MILF kind of content I just think it just kind of keeps going I'm on. stepping very but fast into the MILF category people have say to have that to me I'm like oh my god you're gonna have to have a kid yeah. Darren from Audio Production here in a Q&A on Ruby's channel she came out as bisexual and recently she's actually realized that she's pansexual but I'm curious to know how this may impact her work this is a very ignorant question but like can you just explain pansexual to me yeah, so no, I don't sound like an ignorant. idiot no, no, it's <laughs> I will, like, always thought it was bi because that's, I mean, it's just liking girls, liking boys. But pan kind of more includes everyone. So number one thing about pan that I would say is that it includes, like, it's just more inclusive of, like, Isaac would hate this, of, like, non-binary people, trans people, and just kind of everyone. Because for me, I think the number two thing is that it kind of is being attracted to people, like, not for what's between their legs or, like, masculine, feminine, whatever. Like, it's just the person and their personality and who they are like for me I've dated I've been in relationships with girls and guys and I just like genuinely don't like feel I'm not like in my head oh like because I'm dating a girl it's like genuinely just a person to me which I don't know I think it's I'm like I'm really grateful that I am pan because I think it's that gives me a lot more options of people and like I kind of don't like look for anyone specific it's just if I get on with someone and I like click with them interesting so is that is it fair to say then that you kind of like start with personality then rather than starting by physical 
Yeah, I mean, look, I still obviously, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's purely personality. I don't have to be physically attracted no, to them. No, but it's a but starting point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, like, obviously I still have my, like, I guess type of what I like in looks, but there are, it, it doesn't come really down to, you know, anything to do with what makes you a man or a woman at all. Mm. It's kind of more just what you're like as a person. And I think as it goes, often I connect better with women just because women tend to understand my job a bit better and Mm. understand you know the experience as a woman rather than men a lot of the time less judgment from women than men yeah for sure but I mean having said that obviously I've met heaps of men who are just completely amazing with what I do and try and understand it and listen as much as they can which is really good very diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't kick me out of your heart. I'm no. not going to kick you out of my car. <laughs> no, like, I'm definitely not one of those ones that would be like, I hate men. Because every time I say anything remotely <laughs> negative about men, I get a hundred comments being like, but without men, you wouldn't make any money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know that I don't hate men. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I have an amazing relationship with my brother. He's a guy. I'm friends with heaps of guys. Like, mm. it's not that at all. But people just love to jump in there and be like, you hate men. You're a man hater. Do you know Do you know what I've noticed? Because, mm-hmm. like, most of the people that I pick up on the weekend are kind of in that, like, 18 to 22 age bracket. Like, they're the people that watch my videos. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a... Maybe this is a Gen Z thing, or maybe it's just, like, a like when we're in our 20s, because I know I've done it a lot as well. Um, it's like speaking in hyperbole. It's like... It's mm-hmm. like... People that say, like, I hate men, or, or like... I can't think of any other examples, but I'm like these blanket statements, which that's not actually what they mean. It takes me a while. It took me a while to kind of like hone in and realize it's not actually what they mean. Right. It's and just you do a, find that's like a young people thing. Is it like a, a Gen Z kind of thing? Possibly. Like? Possibly. Or maybe I've just noticed more Gen Z using yeah. those, these blanket terms when it's not what they mean, but which is dangerous because like you should saying, say what like, you mean. Yeah. But, is it like saying, oh my God, I'm so depressed, but you're yes, not actually depressed. That's that exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And like, I think um, for someone who doesn't speak that like language yeah. or doesn't understand that language, I can go, well, what like, the oh, fuck wait, are you talking what did you about? Say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get what you mean, definitely. I think that is like a newer kind of way to speak. Everyone's very dramatic, like with TikTok and everything. It's always like, oh my God, kill myself. Like, I'm kill myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Myself. That's, That's like, another thing. It's like, oh, I want to kill myself. It's like, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah, you do not. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's fucking dangerous on TikTok, man. Oh Those comment God. sections. Are, I sometimes I watch TikToks just for the comment section. Yeah. <laughs> or is, you can like hear the comment section while you're watching the video. Yeah. Like I know exactly what this is gonna say about this video. Yeah. Oh my God. What do you think about like how big social media has got and like TikTok and everything? Like, do you think it's good overall or bad? Sorry, now I'm interviewing you. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> no, I I think it's a good thing. But I think we're still, because it's still so new, we're in this, like, mm-hmm. um, we're readjusting. So we will reach, like, levels where it's too intense or too extreme and then kind of adjust. I think, um, I think like, the way, like, social media companies are run where they're, it's kind of, like, profit first. There's no, there's no consideration of, like, how much this can actually fuck with people's head, yeah. heads. And so I, I think, like, I'm conscious of that. So I'll go, okay, well, like... You know, if uh, if somebody's getting a platform where it's like, I don't actually think that they they should have the platform as, as large as they do, mm-hmm. I kind of don't go, I, I, don't, I don't kind of buy into the whole, we'll tear that building down. It's more just, it'll play out. Yeah, like council culture, you mean, like... Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's 
necessary because I, I think a lot of the time they end up imploding themselves. Yeah. And, and that's actually like, I mean this sincerely, like especially in the in the um, industry you work in mm-hmm. and the fact that you kind of push through the efforts to pull your tower down um, and continue to put out like the content that you do and like with the velocity, like there's mm-hmm. just so much of it. I think it, there's like a level of like strength of character. So I think I think um, social media will will kind of like hurt a lot of people that don't deserve to be hurt in mm, the short term. That's true. But long term, I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. No, I think I agree with that. Mm. It's like something we just have to. There's no point in having the argument of like it's terrible for everyone because there's no going back. No. This is the world now. <laughs> no. Anyway, it's always all of it is just kind of um, like already what we've always done just with mm. scale it is like these people suddenly overnight having these insane platforms especially with tiktok like mm. i don't know how how many followers you have on tiktok but i always people like laugh at me when i say it's so easy to grow on tiktok because it's not that it's easy to grow but like once it starts from tiktok you can go mm. viral overnight like you can go yeah. from a no one to like millions of followers in such a short space of time and it's yeah. really scary for a lot of people i think yeah, and, and when a video goes viral, uh, most of the time it's, you know, for the right reasons, but, yeah. like, you will always get hate on a viral video because it yeah, gets to those wider what. audiences and that's where you get the trolls. Do you post relationships online? Do you share it? No, I don't. I'm okay. single right now, okay. but, um, like, it's something that I've always said. I think this is probably difficult for people as well if I am dating. Like, I will randomly go on dates and stuff, but, like, it's not something I'm really seeking because I'm just trying to work harder at the moment. And, like, I I try and, like, especially this year, I've been trying to really consider my friendships to be really important relationships. I think mm. in the past, I was so... I don't know, when I was... Because I'm sober now as well. Like, when I was drinking, mm. I would sometimes go out with friends... And I would be on, like, apps on Tinder or whatever, and I'd be just, like, sitting there swiping because I just couldn't deal with the thought of going home and being alone. Like, Mm -hmm. I did not want to be alone. That's got a lot to do with my mental health and stuff as well, but, like, I just did not want to be alone. So I looked back at it, like, after I had gone sober, I was journaling one time, and I realized that I'd spent so many hours of my life that I was around people who really cared about me and loved me, trying to find someone... Mm -hmm to care about me and love me and I was like oh my god like what am I doing and that's when I realized like I really want to see my friendships as like as important if not more important than like romantic relationships and so I've been working on that really hard but I also back to your question like no I don't I it's important for me to keep it separate I think I have to keep some things separate from online and also I just don't really think it's in my best interest in my industry to be like here's my amazing partner and also here is videos of me being hot mm. and naked like I think it's just it's it's better like to come across and be someone who's more attainable you're you're <laughs> no you you know your brand and you know your audience yeah I like the reason why I asked that question was because I was I was sort of like expecting that answer but at the same time I was also uh kind of curious to know if you'd ever like shared that stuff online because to be honest personally when I see like people that put out adult content with Mm. the strict knowledge of like who their audience is when 
let's just say it's like a girl that puts out stuff on OnlyFans mm. and then they post a, a photo with like kissing their boyfriend. I'm like, absolutely, like, you know, you're, you express yourself, use your socials to express yeah. yourself. It's also your business. You literally just shut yourself in the foot. I think Why so would too. you do that? I think so too. <laughs> That's completely my opinion on it. I would never, I just, but I've had that opinion the entire time. I know a girl that I actually have done content with before. I'm not saying who in case she doesn't want me to, but um, she was in a long-term relationship for a long time. No one had any idea. Like, she was just, came across as so single, and her boyfriend had issues with that at the time would be like I hate you say that you're single and blah 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 and she's like it's my job like and it's the same for me if I was to date someone I'd be like there is I'm sorry you can post about me if you want to as long as you're on a private account and stuff but there's no way that I'm gonna post about you because it is a stupid business move like I'm not gonna do that yeah yeah totally and there's some things you want to keep private like I think to say that posting someone on your Instagram makes it more official or more proper or like that you love them more is like silly you don't have to do that to prove anything (laughs) 100% I kind of learned that this year like in this relationship it's the first Mm. time I've been in like a longer term commitment whilst being online right and um so she's an archaeologist. She doesn't give a shit about social media. Mm-hmm. In fact, she like she sometimes has Instagram and oh fuck, ah oh, fuck that. They're gonna start crossing, and I'm so sorry. Um, sometimes she has Instagram. Sometimes she doesn't. Yeah. Um, she like it, it's just not important to her, and she's mm-hmm. like quite private. So I was, initially, I was like, I don't know if that if I could do that because I really like sharing stuff. <laughs> But I also, it's also given me, it's pushed me to consider um, different parts of my life with, like, more intent. Um, <laughs> to be like, why am I wanting to share this? Totally, totally. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm much more aware now that my socials and stuff, it's like, it's to make people laugh, it's to distract them to a degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me posting stuff of, like, uh, whether it's personal relationship stuff or even the stuff with my family mm. I don't really need to I don't really get anything extra out of doing it so so why would you exactly keep it separate exactly and it's also kind of nice to have that like privacy yeah. I never realized that but are you a huge cunt? us too wait can we even say cunt? of course it's empowering these days cunt, cunt, cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess? And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. Um, the big cutty couch. Mwah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I've had times in the past where I've really wanted to share more stuff mm. about my life, and I've gone, "Fuck it, shall I just like confess all these things about my life?" And it's like, no, that's why I have a therapist for. Like, that mm. is not what my social media is for. Mm. It's a business, and a lot of the time, these people come to me and you for different reasons. But they come to us to escape, and they don't come to listen to your problems and to like hear about how amazing your relationship is or whatever like and no nothing against people who do choose to share everything totally get that and that's a lot of people's brand is like being completely open like do you know Anna Paul that name's really familiar she's massive on TikTok and OnlyFans and 
Michaela Tester. Yeah. Yeah, so Anna Paul's brother is Atis, who's dating Michaela. I, yes. I think they're like, they share everything. They vlog on TikTok every single day. They have heaps of controversy, like people don't like them or whatever. But I love Anna Paul in particular because she's just like, does amazing and just shares everything. But a lot of people hate it. But a lot of people also hate watch it because they hate that mm. they have these amazing lives that they share. Sorry, I don't want to call this <laughs> Sorry. No, I was going I'm not even a good driver. It's because my car's longer at the front. So I used to drive a Yaris. So when I drove that, I'd go so close. But now I have a longer car. I like, I'm so scared to get too close to No, that's, that's totally fair. That was, that was unnecessarily close. No, I fine. forgot I had, I had precious cargo in the car. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. no, no. You literally didn't really do anything wrong. I just, I'm just jumpy. Um... Anna Paul, Anna Paul. Yeah, anyway, Anna she's... Anna Paul or Addis Paul? Anna, Anna, and her brother is Addis. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, but they, like, I, I love them personally, but I think I, I'm also able to watch them without being like, oh my God, like, I hate them, because they, mm. they like, spend heaps of money, and, like, people obviously get jealous, and then they watch it more. So, of course, again, like what we were saying before, they're going to show it more, mm-hmm. and... Yeah, they're very open to show their entire relationships and stuff, but that's their brand. Like, for me, it wouldn't make sense to suddenly start sharing every inch of my life because it's not me, it's not my personality, it's not what people follow me for. Whereas for her, like, even though she's an OnlyFans girl, she also has, like, a big audience of, like, younger teenage girls who follow her because they inspire, like, they aspire to be like her and have the life that she does. No matter how she made her money. (laughs) Sure. Okay, well, so I love that you brought up Michaela Tester Mm -hmm. because I have a question around this. Oh, yeah. And it's a curious, uh, conspiratory question. (laughs) I wonder if there's any connection because you went viral uh, after, I think it was the Daily Mail wrote an article or one of those, like, tabloid magazine kind of uh, Mm -hmm. companies wrote an article about you a couple months ago because you cried... Because <laughs> you yeah. cried, you cried because you couldn't take the perfect Instagram selfie. Yes. So now, this gets picked up through the media, and it gives you like a level of attention, and I'm sure a level of hate. Do you know what's going to make people hate me more for that? And it's a secret, but I'm telling it here for the first time. I like set that up. <laughs> okay. So I didn't cry on purpose, right? I basically, it's really funny. So I was filming this stupid well not stupid it's actually one of my favorite videos like being styled by a stylist videos and I was having a shitty day and I was just in like the worst mood and all I needed to do that day was take this fucking photo I felt sick um and I came to see my friend in the city it was actually right around here and because the sun was starting to go down there was no sun anywhere and we couldn't find like I was wearing this stupid sparkly itchy top I was uncomfortable I was probably like on my period I was just in a bad mood and then we couldn't find where it was and I went back to her house and I just started crying and I'm like this is so stupid and I was like oh my god content so I quickly get out the phone and I'm like oh my god film this so it was a genuine breakdown like I was having a moment of just everything but obviously it wasn't all about not being able to find the sun and I had in my head Michaela Tester went famous from crying which is I'm sure what you're going okay, say okay. so I was so, like oh my gosh this is like funny I know I'm going to get the hate but I know I can handle it so so this is this is like this is brilliant like like credit where it's due this is like I've been I've been pumping your tires this whole chat because I'm so impressed with how you like put out content at scale but that's also very fucking clever <laughs> and that's and that's also like it's something I'm seeing more on the back end as I have these types of conversations with other creators like there's so much more that's like 
uh, kind of like planned. I don't want to use the word fake because it's not fake. The tears no. were real. It was it all was like frustration. Real. But it was, ooh, it was a connection of this works for somebody else. Maybe I'll try it with my own spice. Yeah. Um, and when it came to, <laughs> to that, I was like, Michaela Testa. Because I reached out to Michaela when that happened. Mm. And we had a plan to film, I think it was on like a Thursday night. And I was like, okay, cool. If I film it on Thursday night, I can put it out in a video on the Friday. Mm. And it can be somewhat relevant, like, to, to like, what's trending. Yeah. Um, and she cancelled on me last minute. And I was like, damn it. Oh, so, <laughs> so I was, but I was prepared. Like, I, I like, you know, I, I, I understood exactly what was, what was going on. <laughs> um, and then it kind of drew me to, you know, the whole thing of how Kim Kardashian followed Paris Hilton's blueprint. Yeah. Darren from Audio Production here. Back in the day, Paris Hilton's sex tape gets leaked. Nobody knows if it was intentional or not. Always a conversation around that. But in the long term, it actually played out really well for her socialite brand. And it has given a lot of wannabe influencers a fast-tracked blueprint on how to get famous. Yeah, and honestly, I think everyone does it where, like, I after like I did that video and stuff I was like okay cool people are hating on me cool fun like love that mm. and then I was like how can I make people talk about this and like so my editor actually just emailed the Daily Mail and was just like T lol and then just pasted the video I was like this number in she cries haha it's funny it's a, a bit sad but kind of funny lol or something like that just something stupid and yeah. then they were like oh fine a good an article and then wrote about it and it just worked and it was like it was so funny when it came out and like the comments were disgusting because then but then it made me more content i don't know if you saw the video that i did where me and my friend emma like read out the daily mail comments right. under under that article so that gave me even more content right. and like i just find it hilarious the comments were all disgusting they were all like 400 thumbs up of people being like this is a new generation like this is so sad do people have nothing better to do with their lives than cry about this it's like you don't know who I am you don't know what I'm going through you don't even totally. know you probably didn't even watch the video to get any context on it whatsoever totally. and even with the context yeah it's still kind of stupid but like I don't care at the end of the day I'm not doing anything wrong like respect respect <laughs> dude my my most viewed video on YouTube is an April Fool's video that I was like says my friends it'll be funny because like most of the content on YouTube is like Uber drivers getting into some sort of altercation with a passenger so like wouldn't it be funny if like I assisted in the robbery of a bank and I like I don't put out that content I'm not a writer I don't know how to like do all of that but I said to my friends like would you act in it I'd blow your face That's out so, so we made this and this thing is like 20 million That's views it. now oh it's God, fucked and the, but the comment section is hilarious because it's a mixture of people that bought it and then other people that are like this is so fucking stupid but all it was was <laughs> I was like I think people would react to this I'll give it a go and like you saw your moment, you took it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, also, people forget that even hate comments are giving you more publicity. Like every comment is giving you engagement, and that's what's making you do better. Mm. And that's where I understand why people like Isaac do this clickbaity, like talking about people that he know people are going to react to it, so he does it. Yeah. So I get it. But like for me, obviously, there's a line. I don't do anything that's like. I think I'm pretty pretty politically correct and like mm. try not to do anything too controversial but mm. like there are still things you can do to get a reaction and like get these comments and I know people are going to get wound up by the fact that I'm like crying about nothing but like so what that's no, on them not on me 100% <laughs> and and I know you don't I don't know why Isaac keeps <laughs> coming up with this yeah, but I, no. I know you don't I don't I know you don't like him like him but 
you and him do a similar thing. He takes yeah. it to more of a, a politically incorrect. And I do the same thing. It's, okay. it's, it's all right, well, there's no, like, ill intent here. It's just, we're drumming up views. You have to have... Con- I, I read this thing that was saying that Addison Ray was purposely... You know Addison Ray, right? Yeah, obviously, like, one of the biggest TikTokers ever. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she was purposely wearing ugly fucking outfits totally. to yep. get publicity and it wasn't working because every yeah. time she posts a tiktok she's wearing this like weird ugly outfit yeah. and everyone comments on it it's like of course and it's i think the key is having i spoke to my editor about this she's like we don't want to do like big controversies but you need to have like small yeah controversies that are not like incorrect like obviously i'm very strict with my boundaries of what we could do i could do some big controversial things if i wanted i'm not going to do that yeah Especially, like, I think people like Isaac get away with a bit more being a white straight man, I have mm, to say. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? Yes. I think he gets away with it more because of that. And it, because of a lot of his viewers are the same. Like, that's who they are. Mm. But I think for me, I don't know if I'd get away with stuff as much. But also, I don't want to. Like, I'm happy to just do small little things that, like, make people... Give people a reaction and then it makes you more relevant. Mm. And for me being more relevant is good because then I get more publicity and I make more money and I can do this and then stop doing this when I don't want to do it anymore I think. Question. Mm -hmm. Completely unrelated. Did you have any, uh, actually what kind of school did you go to when you you were younger? Um, I went to like a normal average school and then I did go to private school for like seven years in England. (laughs) Was there any like religious side to the school? Uh, A bit like my school I went to for the last two years, we had to go to chapel on a Sunday every two weeks, but I'm super non-religious, so that was a bit weird, but okay. in England it's like, I went to private girls' school for the first five years, and it was like kind of religious, but not like, why? <laughs> no, I'm always curious about people's religious upbringing. Um, I was brought up very, very atheist, like not mm. spiritual whatsoever, mm. but I went to this school where they like tried to force me to do a blessing at Easter where they do this and I was like what but now I'm like what do they do they like bless you they'd be like oh oh, okay Okay, (laughs) they'd be like the Jesus Lord no wait I don't know I don't want to offend anyone (laughs) but I'd be like what I don't understand like and I but I just love singing the hymns and stuff sure but other than that I was just like not at all I was super super atheist I would be like when you die that's it but now I would say I'm spiritual which has actually made me a better person I think Mm. because I've met some more spiritual people and like so is it kind of like you pushed away from it for a certain point and now you're you're not make, not pulling it in, but you're like picking and choosing what makes sense to you? Yeah, for sure. I definitely, I'm not saying like I don't believe in a God or anything, but I like to talk about the universe and like sure. try and think about karma and things happening for a reason and like not for any reason other than it helps me be a better person. Like sure. not because sure. I want to push that on anybody or whatever, or because I want to go to a better place when I die. Just more so I be, be a better person now mm. rather than get to a better place in the future sure so i was born jewish oh really and cool. i went to a jewish school i had a you know what a bar mitzvah is yeah is it like is it like a kind of like a baptism well it's like a communion right. i think it's like the jewish version of a communion and i had like quite a religious thing around that i Do didn't you eat um halva challah is that what it is like the sesame the, paste stuff well the bread the not the kneaded oh, bread no i'm thinking of this like in bondo junction woolies there's a really big um and yeah they have this like sesame paste that's sweet oh yes oh about? sorry yes halva halva yeah, yeah. you had it you had yeah it. i've had it and it's really nice because it's vegan i'm vegan 
True. Okay. Yeah. No. No. The um. Anyway, that's all I know. About we have. Things. I have had halva. So I had a. I had a religious. You know, it's funny. Like by by contrast to the rest of the world, it was like a religious upbringing. But really, I went to a Jewish school. It was like a reformed Jewish school. Mm-hmm. Then when I turned eighteen, and I did like a bit of travel, I was just like this. This is not me. I saw more <laughs> of the world, and I'm like that. Because that's all you knew when you were younger, totally, right? Totally. Um, and I kind of pushed away kind of aggressively from it. And now I'm in this place of like picking and choosing. But I, I think I... I sometimes talk about circumcision when I do um, dick ratings, actually. Mm. And <laughs> when I have to describe their dick, I'll always like mention whether or not they're circumcised. I'll be like, oh, I like that. Anyway. So <laughs> so just, just from my understanding, because I've never watched... I've heard of dick ratings. Yeah. Yeah. I've never watched one. But basically somebody sends you a photo of their dick and you talk about it. Pretty much. Some people just want like a, a rating out of ten, which I don't like to do because there's something good about every dick, and I always find something good about it, no matter what. I'm not one of those. Have you heard of SPH? Do you know what that stands for? Small penis humiliation. Sure, sure. <laughs> and it's actually really popular. I don't do it because I'm too. Oh, it's a kink. Yeah, people want. The people want. They ask for it. They'll be like, hey, do you do SPH? And I'll be like, no, sorry. But, like, here's some of my friends who love doing it. <laughs> but for me, I, I don't think it's about size at all. Obviously, having been with girls as well, mm. I've had some fingers do way better things than huge penises. So, sure, sure. And I think men need to learn to use their fingers better a lot of the time. Sure. But <laughs> when it comes to SPH, I'm like, oh. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> you, but Dick you, Grady. <laughs> you'd never tell somebody that they have a shitty penis, though. That's like no. Oh, unless, mm. Some people want to hear that, and it's it's a king. It's like oh, they want you to be like oh my god, your dick's so small. It's so pathetic. It's so like the only close thing I do to that is giant fetish, which is where they want to imagine that I'm a giant and I'm like squashing them. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> so I never back say up any- for a second. Yes. What does that mean? A, a, a I learned about in- it in this job. I had no idea. So I'm the giant. So I'll film a video. It's more popular than... You probably know someone with a giant fetish. Oh, is it like you sit on the camera? Yeah, you can do... Or, well, the way I do it, I have this, like, Ken doll thing. Okay. And I'm, like, squashing them and, like, standing on them and, like, squashing them between my boobs and being like, I'm going to suffocate you. So that's the closest to, like, small penis humiliation I'll do. It's like a humiliation sure. fetish. Do you know one thing I've learned, though, is that there are so many fetishes and I will never ever say anything is weird now. I feel, oh, that's weird. But, like, no, it's not weird. Like, everything is... There are some things that are different and mm. interesting, but yeah. I never say it's weird because Fair. as long Fair. as you're getting that fetish out in a healthy way, sure. then that's fine. Like, sure. go for it. I will always try and, you know, do accommodate. what people... Yeah, accommodate. But, but, you've, but you've learned a lot. I'm I learning learned. a lot in the last, like, three minutes. I didn't, I didn't know what a giant fetish was. I didn't know what SPA... SPH. SPH. Yeah, that's it. It's very interesting. Like, and I've learned... You learn to be very non-judgmental of anyone because mm. it's... There's a lot of things that people are so ashamed of and they come and talk to you about it and you're like, actually, no, like, I can do that for you. Or, like, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of people I know with a giant fetish. Like, it's not weird. It's, like, mm. as long as you're expressing it in a healthy way... I'm almost like a therapist for a lot of people in that. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I like I there's a parallel there when I started Ubering and I got to see like this heavy nightlife side of Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And and this was like before I was like mostly focused on the content. I got I got into the lives of a lot of like addicts and yeah. like whether it's like heroin, ice or something. Really? This, oh this this intense 
chasing of like their next high mm-hmm. in all different forms and I was just like whoa and and that like experiencing the, that side of society is something that I had never really done before I was such a sheltered upbringing I was such yeah, a like such a, such a like a good boy no I was in private school I get it yeah like, what? but, but when you, when you, yeah exactly and is it kind of like the way that you are kind of brought up to think that this is this other side of society that like you'll never be drug addicts and alcoholics mm. and like but then you realize that these people are a lot of the time are functioning and literally like around us and it's such mm. a sheltered thing to think that you'll never come across these people because and a lot of the people that for example are like subscribe to girls and only fans and get off on these like weird fetishes that people say will be weird are the people that you're friends with or like the people that are drug addicts are people that we don't even know are addicts and they're living like among us and like that's totally. I think with getting older you kind of realize that everyone has their own things absolutely <laughs> like everybody has something and it's yeah it's it's almost unhelpful or unproductive to uh, to shelter somebody entirely I understand yeah. you can't like you can't have talk to kids or kids won't yeah. totally get like the whole drug side of thing or like the adult industry side of mm-hmm. stuff like there's there's levels to it when they should be introduced to it for sure um, but um, they need to also know that these things like when they get older obviously that that it exists that it exists otherwise you just completely are shocked when you're like because i would say i was pretty sheltered and then when i got into this industry you're like okay wow like there's a lot i remember my first like waitressing job where they had strippers as well mm. and this girl was doing this she'd been a stripper for years and she was doing an x-rated show mm. I didn't know what that meant I was like well, okay cool mm. and the next minute she's like lying on her back shooting a dildo across the room out of her vagina like wow. she had the strongest vagina muscle- muscles yeah, I've ever God. seen one she'd like get the guy to stand on the hallway of the Meriton and like catch the dildo that just shot out of her vagina and I was like wow. oh my god That's what awesome. is my I want to see that <laughs> it was so impressive is she I'm, still like I don't know <laughs> probably still doing it high if you're out there don't remember her name but it was so impressive Mm. i was like okay wow like there's so much that you just would never experience unless you're in like our kind of jobs where we're like low-key therapists but obviously Mm. not qualified (laughs) so interesting do you reckon you've done ten thousand hours of like boob content (laughs) ten thousand yeah Probably. You know, because it takes 10,000 hours of doing something to be considered a professional really? or to be considered an expert. I um, would be an expert then, I reckon. Oh, 10,000 is a lot. You're a boob expert? <laughs> That's a big call. I mean, like, don't I'm get me really wrong, like, you know what you're doing, obviously. Every day, half a million people worldwide create an account to view adult content on OnlyFans. They have 170 million users worldwide. You can take the player out of the game, but it seems that you can't take the game out of the player. I think this is the easiest way to do a podcast. Because we don't have to have. Yeah. 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 Y